The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. From Geelong Jail, we have Deb Robertson to tell us about Victoria's largest prison escape. 22 army prisoners escaped on the 22nd of July, 1945. Deb, thanks for being on the program. Good morning, Mitch. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Well, this seems like a very big piece of our history that once again is right here on our doorstep here in Geelong. What can you tell us about what took place? Exactly. Well, the um, the role of, of the jail of being a military detention barracks is something that's perhaps not as well known as, of course, being in prison. But it became a, um, a detention barracks in February 1942. So in response, of course, during the Second World War. Uh, so the, the men that were held there would be ones that were... Um, had had made some offences while they were serving uh, in either the Army, the Navy or the Air Force um, and they needed to be incarcerated, whether it was absent without leave or whether it was something more serious, they were the ones that would be uh, would be incarcerated at Geelong Jail. So it was initially known as the 8th Detention uh, Barracks, uh, but eventually became known as the Geelong Detention Barracks. Um, it even held two uh, sailors from the Royal Netherlands Navy who obviously did something wrong while they were here in Australia. So it was still run very much as a military unit uh, and it would have what we called the the soldiers under sentence or SUS would be held on on site there. So this escape was one of 12 escapes that happened during during the, uh, the I think it was a seven-year, five-year period that it was a military detention barracks. Um, of those escapes, nine were successful and there were three attempted escapes that were shut down before it went ahead. But this particular one that we're talking about today uh, was one of the largest breakouts in, it, I think it still remains one of the biggest breakouts in Victorian jail history, but it was definitely one of the biggest ones from a military detention barracks. So we've got 22 guys sitting around having lunch in one of the jail yards, being watched by the, one of the guards in the tower. And all of a sudden, these guys grabbed uh, some cans that they stacked up and used them to scale over a 15-foot wall. They dropped down into a storeroom and then over the fence with some ladders that they were able to gather from there, all being watched by the guard in the tower. Now, the guard in the tower wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't just sitting there watching them. He was frantically trying to call uh, call the guys in the orderly room inside to let them know that these guys were trying to escape. But the problem was that it was a rather well thought out escape. They'd actually managed to cut all the telephone wires ah. prior. So this poor guy up in the tower is trying frantically to ring with no avail because, of course, the message wasn't getting through. Um, and the first that they actually knew of the escape is actually somebody rapping on the front door going, uh, you just had a whole heap of guys go to the fence, do you know? <laughs> wow. so, so that was how they eventually found out. But these 22 guys dropped... Um, down onto the ground and basically dispersed in all different directions. Now, they did call in the military police to help look for them, but the one thing that hampered them, and I'm, this is a very Geelong problem, I'm sure, is that it had been a Geelong home game and the traffic <laughs> had just uh, just got out from the football game. And I'm sure we can all empathise with what the traffic like is after a football yeah, game definitely. here in Geelong, even now. <laughs> so that kind of hampered uh, hampered any attempts to, um, to try and locate these men. Now, they did find four of them pretty quickly. Um, 
they were located up in Werribee, uh, including the ringleader. Uh, within, I think, within about 12 hours, they'd actually walked from the jail up to Werribee uh, and were found very tired and very hungry uh, when they were brought back to Geelong. Uh, they did say they had no complaints over their treatment. They just didn't want to be in jail, yeah, so they decided to go. But the rest of them dispersed all over Victoria, uh, and we're still trying to locate exactly when they were all found. We do know that they were all found eventually. Um, but, yeah, there was one caught up in Shepparton. There was another one in Yarrawonga. Um, you know, mostly heading home to see their families. But there was sort of some big uproars. There was a few, few sort of things about it. One of them was that why the guard didn't open fire um, because they were armed. And one of the reasons for that is there'd been a, another escape earlier on from... Um, I'm not sure whether this was during World War II or earlier, but there had been another escape from Melbourne jail where the guard had actually shot the prisoner. So they decided to put through some orders saying that they were not allowed to open fire. So they had to just uh, watch them go. Um, that rule obviously changed after this escape because there was another escape, uh, I think, in November that year, again from Geelong, uh, where it's reported that the prisoner had to be taken over to Heidelberg uh, after being shot. Uh, going over the fence, so <laughs> so they obviously set that, they changed that rule once again. I'm assuming but, they didn't um, tell the prisoners that the guards weren't allowed to shoot them. Um, I'm not sure whether it was common knowledge or not. Maybe it was with so many of them going over at once. Maybe they thought that they had a fair go to to get over the go over the fence. But um, yeah, but they all managed to get back. I think there's only out of all of the escapes that happened during that time period, there was only two that. Uh, were never recaptured. Everybody else was recaptured and brought back to Geelong. But there was big talk in the paper at the time with these guys that um, 21 of the 22 soldiers had actually been dismissed from the service uh, as part of their punishments, um, whatever they did wrong. Uh, so they were actually no longer considered soldiers. And it actually brought up a whole big legal argument about whether they were uh, they could actually... Um, I charged them with escaping given that they were basically civilian prisoners. <laughs> mm. So, and there was also a big, uh, big write up in some of the papers that how some of these guys had, uh, I think one guy had 19, um, civilian convictions before he enlisted in the army. Uh, and another one I think had 18. So there was, a, there was a lot of talk about how many of them already had previous convictions. So they didn't do background checks back then or they just waved them through anyway? Well, I think World War Two. I think we just want men on the ground to help uh, to help fight to keep our country safe. So it was, yeah. But it would look. It wasn't all plain sailing for all of these guys. There was a um, there was actually an inquiry um, raised by a Salvation a Salvation Army officer who'd come in um, for some religious instruction, uh, and yeah, there was a lot of complaints about how the guys were being uh, being treated. In fact, there was one. Um, one U.S. soldier uh, who was working as a warder who made one of the uh, the the sus uh, do double time around the jail yard carrying his bucket of urine uh, for a punishment for not doing something right. So apparently that was only one. He was very quickly uh, put back into into his place. Um, but yeah, so there was quite a few. But they, they weren't the best behave, behaved men. There's one thing here that says between 1943. And 1944, there was 773 appearances before the Commandant for disciplinary action. So, but they also had some good stuff. They also had um, had entertainment. So they had uh, a concert was held uh, given by the RSL or the Salvation Army or the Geelong Municipal Brass Band. 
they also had moving, moving pictures and lantern lectures. Uh, so, you know, they did try to keep them keep them engaged as well. But obviously, you know, I think it's an age-old thing that if you're incarcerated somewhere, you're going to try and escape. Yep. And that's what these guys did. And, yeah, as I said, I think it still remains one of the biggest jailbreaks in uh, in history or in Victorian penal history anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> How long would it have taken to walk from Geelong Jail all the way up to Werribee? That just seems incredible. It seems to have been quite quick. Like, it was only, I think, like overnight, I think. So the, the military police were dispatched from Melbourne really quickly. Um, and they were found within these days. So I don't think the guys stopped, but yeah, it's it's sort of unfathomable, unfathomable for us to think of walking, walking that far uh, in those days. But I suppose these are these are young, fit, very healthy, you know, young men that um, are probably used to a lot more physical labour than we are these days. Uh, and yeah, so but they were found quite quickly. So just from the sound of it, it says the experimental farm. So I think that's where the um, uh, where the Metropolitan Melbourne Border Works one is now. Uh, so it's sort of this side of, of Werribee. Yes. Um, it's still a fair distance. Mm. Well, I'm just <laughs> it's thinking... It's a bloody good effort. Like, yes, they're probably fit if they've been in the military, but at the same time, if they've been incarcerated, they're probably in their cells for, I don't know, what sort of exercise yes. they were allowed, but, you know, it could have been 23 hours a day. Um, so you suddenly go from being in this tiny cell to walking 30 or 40 kilometres um, to Werribee. Yeah, I think they still did um, a fair bit of their drills and all that sort of stuff. I think, you know, unlike our, our I suppose, <laughs> normal prisoners, for want of a better word, um, they did uh, did do their drills each day. And there was a way of them um, being able to uh, move up into to nicer uh, sort of, I suppose, uh, jobs that they had to do. So instead of just being doing drills all day, if they were well behaved, they could go up to being, um, you know, in the orderly room or they could be in the kitchens or the, the quarter stores handing out, out goods and stuff or even in the staff quarters and that sort of stuff. So, but when they first come in, they were definitely doing, doing parade ground drills, which is that, you know, just that basic repetitive, uh, stuff. So, which would have been as boring as anything. Mm. So, yeah. So, you know, it's no no wonder that they would try and escape. So, but yeah. So that was one of the things they did. But um, other stuff they used to do while they were there, they were um, they, and they used to try and entertain them a little bit. You know, there, there's a bit here later on that they were. Um, uh, involved in the production of the wooden packing pallets and they'd actually split them into teams so they would actually compete against each other to see who could get the most done. Uh, and it was the same thing with like reconditioning hospital mattresses, um, you know, they've refurbished water bottles, sorting nuts and bolts, which I think would be... Pretty <laughs> boring, yes. Boring trying to do that to be returned back to the, to, uh, to, to the workshops. But um, so there was some stuff they did. They ended up, the Salvation Army at one point uh, supplied them with wireless sets and amplifiers so they uh, could listen to the radio, they could play games, they could... Um, um, you know, write letters home and that. So it, it, it probably wasn't as, as harsh a life as what uh, our prisoners outside of wartime had. Um, but still, you know, being detained in any way, shape or form is is one of those things that, you know, most people don't want to have to do. <laughs> so, And when they were found so, and presumably brought back, uh, you said there was perhaps a bit of a legal issue about whether they could be charged yes. or whatever. Um, what ended up happening in that did they have to then serve more prison time because they tried to escape? Or what was the penalty for escaping? Yeah, I, th 
I think generally they would have more time just as in a normal prison time too. You know, you escape, there needs to be some sort of punishment. Uh, so they would be brought back to it, at least serve out their initial sentence, if not a little bit more time on that. We're just in the process at the moment of, um, of getting their, all of their records from um, from the National Archives where they hold all the, the army records. Um, and, that, and that's hopefully going to give us a lot more information on exactly what happened to each one of these guys because we want to know all of their stories as we do with any of our prisoners. We like to know all of the stories and what actually happened to them in the long run. We're actually contacted by um, uh, uh, the son of one of the escapees just recently uh, looking for information because he actually had no idea. Um, and through looking for him, we actually found a newspaper article that has the, the photos of 18 of oh, the prisoners. Really? Mm. So it's been fantastic. It was the first time we actually been able to find a lot of the names um, to actually further that research. So we we are working on a, a display. So there will be a big display going up on on these guys um, out in what we call the ball ring, which is where we believe they escaped from in the first place. And so, in, yeah, in uh, 1945, were there civilian prisoners as well, or was it entirely a, a military prison? No, we, we believe that it was entirely a military presence. So what actually happened is, is because to be a prison, it has to be, um, gazetted by the government. So when things like this happened, it was actually revoked. So it was revoked in 1942. So the prisoners that were already at Geelong would have been sent up to probably to Pentridge, I would assume. Um, I haven't actually had a proper look, but that's Because I'm assuming there's there. still people that have committed crimes during wartime that need oh, to course, be punished. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure they all went up to Pantridge um, during this time. So it wasn't until I think it was about 1947 uh, that the Geelong Jail was actually gazetted back to being being a jail um, So for, for regular prisoners. So we still held uh, people right up until then. So we know there's even another escape attempt even after the war finished in 1946. Um, there was a, a newspaper report about uh, a gentleman throwing over uh, stuff to his stepson who was still incarcerated uh, for, for, you know, for, during the army time um, and trying to escape. And they were still charged, even though it was well after the war had finished. So they weren't just, you know, the war's finished, hey, let's go. They, from the look of it, they say, still say, had to finish out a lot of their sentences. So, which I find very interesting. <laughs> and um, do you have insights into what the offences were that saw them in prison? I know you said um, being AWOL absent without leave was one of them, but were there yep. other very common offences that saw most of the military prisoners uh, locked up? Um, there would have been a sort of, look, probably very similar. I don't know definitively because I haven't got any of the records in front of me, unfortunately. Um, but there would have been, um, I would assume, you know, quite normal stuff that was involved with, um, yeah, that it, normal people had outside of the army time. So there still would have been things like thefts and salts and, um, you know, a lot of these would have been disobeying orders and, you know, there, there's particular rules that would have been in place about, um, you know, during wartime that, you know, you can't disobey orders when you're, you're in, you know, that sort of a situation. Um, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. So, you know, military is very, very um, rigid and has a lot of rules around it. Um, and I suppose the other side of that coin is that it's also very easy to break the rules. Mm. <laughs> so it just sort of depends on, on what, you know, I'm very intrigued by by why we had two um, Dutch sailors that were in Incarcerators, like, hmm, what did you get up to that that you were placed in the jail for a period of time? And do you so, know is the record there? No, it's one of those ones I'm going to look at. It's it's one of these areas that we've kind of known a little bit about about this stuff, but um, we've actually just recently been lucky enough to have received a grant of money 
that's going to allow us to actually do a lot more research and actually get these proper stories out now. So um, to be able to request all the records from the from the National Archives and the Australian War Memorial and actually get those at those back so that we can get it all out and share that with people, which is what we want to do. We want to share history with people. It sounds and, like the more um, layers you peel back, the more information you find. It's just incredible. Yes. Yes, it's one of those things I've been researching for over 30 years and it's like you answer one question and end up with 20 more. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But that's the fun of chasing it down. So, yeah, but it's, it's, look, it's a really interesting story and as I said, it's, it's not a, a common one I think that is known that the jail was actually, and not just our jail, there was quite a number of the, um, the jails around Victoria that were um, pressed into service as military prisons. I know we were, I know... Um, I'm not sure what the Melbourne jail was because it was mostly demolished by then, but um, Bendigo definitely was. We know that was another one that was was pushed into service as a, as a detention barracks. Um, and there, there was ones all over Australia as well. Um, and even overseas, there would have been, the guys that were serving overseas would have had places where they would have been incarcerated too had they they done the wrong thing. Um it's, it's just one of those things. Like, I, I crack up laughing sometimes with reading some of the World War, World War One records. I've got my, my husband's great-great-grandfather who was constantly in trouble. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, a lot of times I think the first... Um, the first step was to to dock their pays. Basically, that would be the first step, and then depending on on the severity of the the, the misdemeanour, they would um, yeah. Sometimes they would have to be held. And how are things That's going it. at the the Geelong Jail now? Just with the COVID restrictions, is the public able to come in? And I'm assuming yes. if they do come in, they'd have to be fully vaccinated. Yes, yes. So we're back completely open now. So um, we don't have any restrictions on numbers or anything like that. Uh, the only restrictions is is that you need to wear a mask whilst you're inside. Uh, you need to check in via the Service Victoria QR code and everybody does need to be double vaccinated at the moment. That's, uh, that's the regulations uh, that we have to follow. That's one of our conditions of being allowed to open. But the museum's back open uh, between 12 and 5 uh, on Saturdays and Sundays. And as of uh, last weekend, we're back open for all of our night tours as well. So everything's finally back to normal. <laughs> finally. Look, thank you so finally. much for being on the program this morning. Really appreciate it. Very incisive, uh, incisive stuff. And looking forward to seeing what you talk about next month. Not a problem. I look forward to it then. Thank you very much, Deb Robertson, with us there from Geelong Jail with some insights into uh, what they're doing. And um, good to see that they're back open again so people can go in and check out some of this history for themselves. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.